What is up, you wonderful, beautiful people of this world? This is Ashley Campbell with Daily Encouragement. By the time you guys hear this episode, guess what? It's going to be January 25th, 2023. That is crazy to say. I got to start giving dates on this stuff because if you guys listen to it, you might think it's like, you know, new stuff. But uh, this podcast has been going on since, uh, what was it? Uh, October of 2019. I actually released it on my birthday. October 2019, October 22nd, 2019. And uh, the... Uh, record date for this one is November 30th, the last day, okay, of November. So you guys, I'm going to talk to you guys today about how to get in God's presence. Um, This is something that's been in my mind basically ever since we had home church on Sunday. And I want to share with you guys because it's really practical. But before we get into it, and I'm going to talk to you guys about the wilderness a little bit. That was, uh, I've been getting questions about that or, you know, people have been going through some things and I want to share some insights that I've had over the years with that. If you've ever kind of wondered, how the heck do you know you're in the wilderness? How do you know you're in the promised land? Like, how do you dis- how do you discern those things, right? And I got to do another podcast, you guys. I got so many podcasts I need to do talking about the four seasons of life. That's going to be a really good one. But anyway, let's go ahead and pray. Let's have this conversation, you guys, okay? Ah, oh, Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this day. Thank you, Lord, that your spirit is in us. Thank you, Lord, that you said that we would do even greater things than you did because you've like literally multiplied yourself in our hearts, Lord. And I just pray, Father, that you would guide and direct this conversation today. Let us find ourselves in your presence, Lord. Let us be aware of you in our lives so we can live out your words, live out your promises, live out the plans you have for us, God. Be living conduits of your grace to be poured out upon this world. So I just thank you, God, for, you know, Uh, everybody on here today. I pray you'd bless them. I pray they would have encouragement. I pray they'd have perspective. I pray they would have the tools that they need to identify you in their life and be able to live in your presence each day, God. So we love you, Lord. We thank you for your spirit being upon this earth. It has been our lifeline. Thank you for being a refuge and a shelter. I pray you'd guide and direct this conversation. Bless every single person listening today. We love you, Lord. And we just probably sing in Jesus name. Amen. All right. So you guys, I got to make this short and sweet, right? So I was thinking about this on Sunday, right? When you get in God's presence, a lot of people talk about it. We talk about it in church, but I never really like knew how to do it. It's like, what do you mean be in God's presence, right? Like usually what I would think about is, okay, turning worship music on and thinking about God. But then I I started thinking about it in a little more practical sense. I started asking myself questions. How do I know when I'm in somebody's presence, right? How do you know when you're uh, in the presence of somebody? Usually you can hear what they're saying right? Like if I'm hanging out with my husband in the morning before he goes to work, how do I know that I'm in his presence? I can hear his words. I can hear him speaking, right? Now there's a difference between hearing somebody and actually listening, right? But that could be a whole nother conversation. But I was realizing that I know that I'm in somebody's presence when I hear their words, right? It gets my attention. Now, sometimes we hear somebody's words and you don't want to be in their presence, right? But we're talking about being in the presence of the Lord, Because it's like, what does it say? I think it's Psalms or Proverbs. Um, In the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. And why is that? Right? When we really start meditating on his promises and the things that he said, right? That's going to bring a whole nother level of awareness to us, you guys. You know, there's a science book I've been reading with my kids. And it was talking about how scientists have discovered that 87% of people's illnesses all comes from their thoughts. Isn't that interesting? That is something that nobody talks about. Not, I mean, you ain't going to see that on the news. A lot of people don't realize how powerful their thoughts are. I mean, I know how powerful thoughts are, but it's, it's incredible how, you know, 87% 
of illness is tied to whether someone has a positive mindset or a negative mindset. And you know, this, this is why the Lord tells you not to worry about your life. This is why he tells you to meditate on his words because he has plans to prosper us. He goes, I've come to give you life. You would have it abundantly. But how many of us are entertaining all the other voices? I'm not going to say voices because then you, then we sound like we're schizophrenic, right? How many of us are entertaining all the other thoughts in our head that are not thoughts of God, right? Sometimes, I don't know about you guys, but I found myself kind of getting on that trail of like negativity, you know, uh, when the enemy, you, do you guys know how the enemy works? I mean, this is really important to understand. When the enemy comes, he steals, kills, and destroys. So that's like, that's like signal number one. Okay, how do you know when the enemy is present? Do you feel stolen from, killed, or destroyed, right? No peace, confusion, chaos, anxiety. But how does he bring that stuff about? How is he so good at it? He uses what we can see, hear, and read. That looks like the evidence of those things. And being that we're humans and we use things we see, hear, and read to make decisions and make judgments a lot of times. And if we're not trained in this, we fall for it every single time. Think about it like this. When Adam and Eve were in the garden, and did you guys know, do you guys realize that the fruit in the garden, it says that it was... Uh, What's the, what was the qualities it had? You guys, let me grab, I don't think I have it in here with me. But when God made the fruit, it said that it was, uh, it was, uh, it was nice to look at or something like that. So when Adam and Eve were, when Eve was looking at the fruit, it had the same qualities as the, all the other fruit they could eat, right? But what was the main difference between the one they couldn't eat and the one they could eat? It was her lack of revelation. He goes, you ain't gonna die. You're gonna be like God, knowing good from evil. She and Adam did not understand that they were already made in the image of God and they didn't need to do that because it was already established in the very beginning. But that's with us. How many of us don't have that revelation? How many, you know, think about it like this. If God says, I mean, cause we already see everything now. We've read the Bible. Not everybody's read the Bible, right? Maybe you're new. Maybe you just started getting into it. Um, either way, we have the Bible to read now to understand kind of the things that were going on before. And uh, gosh dang it, my thought just went like this out of my head. I don't know what just happened there. But I was talking about the fruit, right? Oh, we can look back on like what God established. And okay, that was, that's the example I was gonna use. Now it's coming back to me. When Christ died, we became children of God. We're no longer defined as sinners. But if people don't have that revelation, they walk around defining themselves as something that they're not. And then they do things to try to get that revelation that they're lacking. Okay, if I do this, maybe I'll know that I'm God's kid instead of just accepting that they already are, right? Now that we're already out of the garden and we can read these things and reflect, now we can like be ahead of the game, right? And now you can be like, okay, Lord, where in my life, my lacking revelation that the enemy is using evidence from these things to discourage me and keep me down, right? So I wanted to bring that up that we have to learn how, to the enemy, how the enemy works. And he uses our circumstances, what we see here and read, the things we don't know, our lack, our ignorance, to bring us into delusion, deception, and doing things that we don't need to do. Because when it comes to, you know, being made in the image of God, that's already happened. When it comes to God taking care of you, he's already promised it, right? It's just God has said things, but we don't always have the revelation of what he said, right? And that's why you need the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? I figured it would, you guys, but I, ha I had to sneak that in there really quick, okay? So anyway, back to being in God's presence. How do you know? His words. So where do we start, right? My husband talked about this on Sunday, you guys. 
you know, he talks about, you know, there's a big population of people out there who um, don't read the word of God, right? But I'm trying to like put some fire underneath your backside as to why this is so crucial. Because you've got two choices. You can live by the thoughts in your head that are completely disconnected, right? Isolated. And what do I mean by that? Doing life on your own, right? Getting up every day, figuring out how you're gonna solve your problems, how you're gonna do this, how you're gonna go about that. Okay, that's fine. But how many people in their life actually have peace? You know, it's amazing how I, I don't think that, I mean, I, I can't speak for everybody else. I can speak for myself. My peace is the most valuable asset that I have. And I weigh every decision very carefully as far as am I going to do this or am I not going to do that, right? Oh, anytime you make a decision, I want you to ask yourself, what are you saying yes to? And then what are you going to say no to? Look at it from both perspectives. And that's why Jesus said, let your yes be yes and no be no, right? Anything else in between is from the enemy. We have to be so clear on our direction and what we're going to do. It's either yes or it's no. You guys, this is why it's so vital to have a vision for your life. I've talked about this a hundred times, but this is important stuff. And I'm not trying to talk to you, like belittle you guys or anything, but it's just one of those things that we always have to go back to this stuff because it's, it's so vital, right? It's like um, even somebody who's been training, Okay, what do they say? My son does judo, okay? And you know what it says on the wall? A black belt is a white belt that never quits. They never let go of the fundamental things, ever, right? It's like if you're weight training or you're, you're losing weight and this person is in really, really good shape, they're always doing the same thing that they did from the very beginning, okay? They don't all of a sudden, you know, you, you start eating healthy, you're drinking water, you're, you know, lifting weights, whatever, okay? You're doing those things. And then when you get where they're at, they don't start falling off the rails and go right back to their old habits. Cause you know what's gonna happen? They're gonna fall right back into the thing that they just got themselves out of. So we have to be in a rhythm of sticking to those, those principles and those basics, right? And this is one of those things, having a vision, reminding yourself, this is why I need a vision for my life. So I know what to say yes to and what to say no to, right? And that's what I'm trying to teach my teenagers right now. Well, I got one that's 20. I got my 16 year old who's actually gonna go get his driver's permit today. He's gonna go take the test. So that's kind of, I'm like, oh my gosh, Lord, all my kids are growing up, right? And then I got a 14 year old. I got one that's gonna be 13 this year in July, she's 12. And then of course we got, you know, my nine year old, seven year old, four year old. But you guys, I've got some kids that are getting older, you know? And anyway, I always tell them, if you have a vision for your life, decision-making is so much easier, all right? So anyway, it's the same thing with you. What do you wanna do, right? And this is why I cannot wait for you guys to get my book, Nuggets of Truth, because I'm hoping you guys are going to give your space or be, be inspired to give your heart the space it needs to dig up your, your, you know, your injuries, right? Start facing those things that are getting in front of you, right? Start dealing with stuff. And then as you get healed, as God restores you, all the other good treasure he's put in your heart starts becoming revealed, right? All your skills, your talents, your character, your values, you know, things you want to pursue, whatever it is, give yourself permission for that stuff to grow and come out, right? And, uh, you know, that's, that's going to be important because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who you listen to or what you do, right? You are going to be accountable for your life and what you did with it. And that is it, right? God's not going to say, okay, so since you listen to this person and this person, that person's going to be blamed, right? He's going to say, what did you do? You are fully 100% responsible. And I love that, right? We are responsible for the results of our lives for the most part, right? We can do all the things, you know, but, and God gives the increase, but you guys get what I'm saying. You know, you are, you are, you are ultimately going to be responsible to whether you are going to bury your talents or you're just going to take a risk and say, you know what, God, I'm going to start planting some things, planting some seeds 
that you've put in me. I'm going to start planting those out into the world and some, start taking some risks. And me and my son were talking about this last Friday when we were out. I was like, you know what, son? When you're, when God's in your life, he's like a, he's an anchor and he's like a, a, a security deposit. He's a guarantee. You can take risks in your life and God's got your back. He's going to pay all the bills, right? God gives you the, um, I guess you could say the fire to take risks. He'll lead you in your risks. He'll give you wisdom for what to do. And, and that's amazing. Some people don't do that because they're like, well, I don't know what's going to happen. Well, when you're following the Lord, you fall back on him, right? You fall back on his resources. You fall back on the vision he, he put in you and he'll, he'll supply that. Right. And I love that. You know, how many of us want so much more in our life at times, but we hold ourselves back because we don't know how it's going to work out or whatever. Right. But that's, that's really on the Lord. And he will, here's the cool thing. You're not going to take risks on things you don't want to do. You're going to start taking risks on things you actually want to do and just be like, we'll see what happens. Like me getting on here, talking to you guys, doing my podcast, writing my book. That's a risk, but it's a risk I'm willing to take. I'm motivated to take that risk, right? And so that's the thing. Your, your risks are going to be rooted in your own motivations and your own vision for your life. But anyway, I digress. So presence, God's words. Now let's bring, let's talk, let's start talking about the wilderness and all that whole process. Now I'm going to try to tie this in for you guys. Okay. Before there was a season in my life, I had no freaking idea what any of this crap was, okay? And I, I was like, finally, I started reading Exodus and I started studying kind of what was going on there. And one thing I realized when, Ad, when Adam and Eve, when the Israelites were in Egypt and they were in bondage to Pharaoh, okay, you guys? They were crying out to God, finally, you know, Lord, deliver us. And it says God heard their cries. And then it was something like the Lord... Uh, they knew that the Lord heard them and so they worshiped. So that was their bondage time. And that's, it's like that for us. You guys, your Egypt is your place of bondage. Okay. It's that place that you recognize that you need to be delivered. And you know what? Let's be honest. There's going to be different areas. You got to be delivered. But ultimately there's going to be this place of like, Lord, you know, eventually, you know, you guys know what's supposed to happen. You're supposed to be so confident that God is with you that it's going to be different every single time. All right. But, but let's just say you're, you're in bondage and you're asking God to deliver you. And then all of a sudden you get this assurance, whether it's through reading God's word, whether it's through having peace and your own, you know, in your own soul within yourself, knowing that God heard you, whether it's having a conversation with somebody confirmation, right? Lord, I've been thinking about this and talking about this and you know, this happened. Now, now that you've cried out to God because you recognize your bondage, now God is gonna give you some peace to be like, okay, I'm gonna do it for you, right? Now, guess what? What God promised and said, I'm gonna do it for you, and then the time that that actually happens is not the same. That's gonna take some time, okay? It's a process. The Israelites didn't get that confirmation that God was gonna deliver them. They literally had to see Egypt get their butts kicked while they were waiting to leave Egypt. There's things that we're going to have to see and watch, you know, at times, right? You're just going to have to go through it and you're going to have to just hold on to what he said. That's, that is, isn't that the only difference between being God's presence and not being in his presence is remembering what he said or re not, not remembering what he said. So anyway, in Egypt, they recognized their bondage. They cried out to God. God gave him assurance that he was going to help them. That was their receipt. That was their guarantee. It was like, okay, God's going to do this thing. Did you guys know that God's word will always come to pass regardless of what's going on outside? Even though Pharaoh got super mad about it, even though Pharaoh, you know, did a lot of cruel things, 
guess what? They still got delivered. God's word will always come to pass regardless of circumstances, right? Israel and what happened with them in Egypt is evidence for us. And I got to do another video talking about that. That's a whole nother video. I got so many videos, you guys. But um, them coming out of Egypt. Hey, Bear, I'm doing a video, honey. Go. You guys, I apologize. Hold on. Hold the phone. Yes? Use your strong voice. I'm on live. Christmas is in 25 days. Is Christmas in 25 days? 25. Yep. She wanted to know how many days till Christmas. <laughs> we're excited about Christmas around here, guys. Anyway, where was I? Egypt. Okay. They recognized their bondage. Got the assurance. So now guess what? The day finally arrives that they're out. Now, have you guys ever been waiting on the Lord to do something and it finally happens and you're relieved? I mean, that's how I felt when the contract got paid off. I was like, wow. It's that same kind of thing, right? Now... Now they had to go through the process because they weren't all the way to the promised land yet. They started in the bondage. God literally got them out of the circumstances, but now they have to go through the wilderness. There are some things that they did not know that they needed to know, that God knew they needed to know, that they had to go through the process to go through so they could learn it. Did you guys know it talks about in Exodus that God led them on a longer road because if he would have led them on the shorter path, um, they and what it ended up seeing war and they weren't going to be ready for that. You guys, they were slaves, literal slaves. They weren't combat ready. Did you guys know God's people are not weak? Did you know God's people? I was listening to the podcast I just released today. Um, it's going to go out. It's already out right now. So you guys can listen to it. But it, at, on Facebook, I did a post that'll come out like eight o'clock tonight. Cause I guess that's when all my followers are on social media is late at night, but you guys can listen to it now. But I was talking about an agent. We're agents. Did you guys know agents are not weak people? Did you know agents are the A kickers in the movies that you watch, the action movies? You guys, anybody watch action movies like Expendables or anything like that? I totally do. All right. And uh, agents are not to be messed with, but nobody knows they're an agent. They have power under control too. Think about that. You guys know that? Did you guys know that's what, um, what's that word? Oh, it just left me. Meek. Blessed are the meek. Did you guys, did you guys know that meek just means power under control? It's the same thing with like someone who's a black belt. They can kick somebody's A, but they harness that. They have power over the, they have power over the power they possess. What's power? Ability to affect change. They'll make some changes on you, bro. Right? Come at me, bro. <laughs> you guys get what I'm trying to say. They can control that. God gives us power and then he gives us the ability to control it. We're not, Christians are not weak people, you guys. We're not supposed to be. I mean, I know it looks like that right now, but you guys, I've heard, I've heard so many things lately that God is rising up this remnant of people, not the unchurched people, the people who don't, the non-religious people, the people, you know, who are just unashamed of the grace that God's poured in their life. Did you know that that's what it's going to take for you to really influence this world? It's for you to be unashamed by the grace that God's poured in your life, being willing to share where you've been, the scars of your life, the holes he's dug you out of, but then showing how he restored. That's really the power of the gospel, by the way. Did you guys know that's what salvation is? Salvation is any means of deliverance from danger, evil, or ruin. The Lord does that in the context of your life. And then guess what? Now you share that with other people. Bam. People Now people are getting saved in practical ways. You sharing with them the holes God's poured, pulled you out of. Anyway, I digress. Let's get back to Egypt really quick because I've only got 10 minutes left. So they get out of Egypt. Now they're in the wilderness. They don't know why they're there. Now all of a sudden they start thinking, you know, instead of, come on, you guys. Have you ever had God do something really awesome in your life? Something that you were praying for that was so huge, but then 
as you're in the transition of, you know, kind of waiting for this next thing, because God's always moving, you can find yourself like, oh man, I've been there. You guys, I, I ain't gonna front, right? I'm gonna sit here and bash on the Israelites. Dude, I've done the same thing. It's like, oh man, Lord, you know, what about this or that? They were doing that. Now the difference is, now that we know these stories, like God, help us, Lord, to be stronger. Like, thank you, Lord, for showing us all these people's history with you so we can learn from it. And then you'll give us the grace to actually kind of, to, I would say, outdo them. It's like you're, It's like when you have children, you want your kids to do better than you. God wants us to do better than all his other children before us, right? In that way. It's like, we're going to do better than our spiritual parents. Let's put it that way, right? We got all of these people in the Bible and we are their spiritual children. And God wants us to learn from them and actually do better from learning the things that they went through, right? That's that's the point of history anyway, but that's a whole nother conversation. Anyway, so now they're, in, now they're in the wilderness. How do you know you're in the wilderness? I used to think that, I didn't even know what the wilderness was. I just thought it was just like, you're always getting your ass kicked, right? It's like always hard. It's always hard. Oh, it's always hard. It's always hard. Like that's the only thing I can think of. But I realized after kind of, um, I guess you could say, contemplating this for the last seven years, I realized that the wilderness is really the transition period between bondage and the promised land. It's a transition time. It's not a permanent place, number one. It, and, and this is the other distinction that I saw when you know you're in the wilderness. Number one, it's coming off the backside of a deliverance, okay? So what I mean is you've cried out to God, he's delivered you. The wilderness is the transition in the unlearning of habits and attitudes and thinking that you learned while you're in Egypt. Because when you're in Egypt, you adapt to certain environments, right? That's what the Israelites did. They adapted to the oppression of Pharaoh, right? And what he did. You, you, just like you growing up with your mom and dad, you developed certain mindsets, okay? That you have taken with you right now up, up into this point in your life that are hindering you right now. That's another, here's another plug for the book. This is why I'm so excited for you guys to get nuggets of truth because I believe that when you go on this journey, God's gonna show you how your life has impacted you in the context of your life. He's going to use your memories. He's going to use your experiences because at the end of the day, that's the only thing that's relevant to you at the end of the day. I don't care what you watch or what you listen to or whatever. You need to get comfortable with how your meanings and interpretations in your own head, right? The things you've been through, the conclusions you've come to and how they've impacted you because those are the only things that are either gonna pro propel you forward or keep you stuck. And God's gonna show you in your soil, from the soil of your own life, how your experiences have impacted you. He's gonna use memories to show you why you get stuck in certain things. Have you ever asked yourself, Lord, why do I have some of the hangups I have? Have you ever wanted to do something? And have you taken the step back to ask yourself, how come I'm not doing the thing I know I wanna do? You guys, I'm telling you, these questions is what gonna change your life. That's why I'm super excited about for you guys to get nuggets of truth because I ask a lot of questions and that's for your own sake. So you guys better be prepared to kind of dig in into your own life, but it's going to change your life. And that's going to give you the authority because here's the thing. There's going to be people out there. They're going to say, oh no, you're not qualified or this or that. Your life is your, your life is your authority. What you've been through, the experiences that you've had, you guys, I'm all about people's experiences and the wisdom that they have from that. Okay. You know, that's, that's the only thing we can give people at the end of the day. That's the difference between competence and ignorance. You're competent. If you have experience and you've unpacked it, right. And you, you understand how that thing impacted you and you, you, you kind of walked yourself through that. And now you're making progress. You're qualified. If you can identify those things in your life, if you can identify the things that held you back and you, now you can identify the things that are moving you forward, you're qualified and your own life gives you that authority. Right. Anyway. So back to the wilderness. 
One thing I noticed about the wilderness was when they were there, God told them, listen, he said to them, uh, um, I, I, he caused hunger in them so they would know that man doesn't live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from him. He was trying to train them to literally live on every word that came from God. Again, what's it mean to be in his presence? Acknowledge his words, acknowledge his, his words like that. Just like you're in a presence with somebody else. You guys are in my presence right now because you can hear my voice. I'm talking to you, right? You're in my presence that way. You're not like physically sitting in the room with me right now, but you're in my presence because you're listening to what I'm saying to you. It's the same thing with God. You get in his presence by acknowledging the things that he said, but he wants to take it deeper. He wants you to start identifying the thoughts you have in your mind that are from him. All right. That's where the rubber meets the road with Christianity. And that's how you're going to be able to get a real solid grasp on what God wants you to do when you can start identifying the thoughts that he's going to give to you. That's the difference between someone who knows the Lord and someone who doesn't. One recognizes the spirit of God within them. The other one doesn't have the spirit of God. Number one, how do you get the spirit of God? You acknowledge what Christ did. You, you accept it. You get his forgiveness, get his salvation, all that good stuff, right? That's baby Christianity. That's the milk of it. And then God gives you a spirit and then you start taking your life, your thoughts, your interpretations, things you've been through, right? And you start bringing it to the throne and you start, hey, Lord, I need this covered. Give me some new perspective. God starts giving you revelation on that, giving you insight to that thing. And then you start literally living by his thoughts. That's how we follow the Lord, right? I want you to think about that. If you're a Christian and you've been following the Lord for any amount of time, I want you to, I want you to understand that for yourself. How do you know that you've been following God? How did God get you from point A to point B? You need to understand that within yourself. I can sit here and I can tell this to you over and over again, but if you don't take a step back, I want you to do that today, do it in the morning, you know, when you start your day. Lord, I'm following you. I know I'm following you, but how have I gone about this process of making the decisions that I've made? Can you answer that question? You got to, because if we're supposed to be the influencer of the world, you got to be able to tell the world how you're following this God that you serve. Right? And this is how I follow the God that I serve. I pay attention to the thoughts that are coming into my mind. And I validate them off the Bible, right? God's word and the, by the spirit that, that he puts inside of me. Okay. And we can talk about that. What is the fruits? Okay. What are the results of God's thoughts? Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. You're going to have those results in your life when you're living by the thoughts of God. But anyway, the wilderness is to train you to live by the word of God. And what he's promising you, he goes, hey, I'm taking you guys to the promised land. You guys got to unlearn some things, right? Because they're, they're you know, you can kind of see where the Israelites mentality was, you know, uh, they didn't think they could do it. Some didn't think they could take it, take the land over. There's some people that were, there's just a lot of things that you have to learn and unlearn in the wilderness. And that's how you know you're in the wilderness. Number one, it has to be the, from the backside of a deliverance. God's delivered you. Now you're in transition. All right. Now you're gonna be in the phase of, okay, Lord, I gotta learn how to hear and live by your voice. That's really the wilderness part. Because guess what? When you're in the wilderness, the only people that are there are the ones that are walking with you. Now, what I'm saying is the Israelites physically had no other nation around them except for themselves, their own community. They didn't have Pharaoh there or any other Egyptians there trying to control them and tell them what to do, right? You gotta learn to be confident that God's speaking to you regardless of nobody's outside of you telling you what to do. You guys, that's that's when we start walking in our own authority, even as adults, is when you no longer need your, anybody outside of you to tell you what decisions to make. In your own Christianity, you're gonna go through that. And I talk about that in that devotional as well. I talk to you guys about the process of becoming an adult in Christ. There, there's, there's a couple devotionals on that. But um, anyway, so 
I just wanted to share that with you guys today. How do you get in God's presence? Acknowledge his words, right? And now, you know, start figuring out what are the thoughts you have in your mind that have come from God? I start identifying those things. Start talking to him. Get in his presence by acknowledging his presence, right? Get in his presence by acknowledging his words. He says he's here, he'll never leave. How do you know God's present too? If I was talking to an unbeliever, somebody who, you know, or some, a really argumentative Pharisee, how would I know God exists? Well, there's truth and there's lies. God's spirit is the spirit of truth. Is there, and you guys, there, regardless, <laughs> there's still truth on this earth because God's spirit is here and his, and his, and his uh, children, right? And then we know there's lies. We know that's, that's what the enemy does. He lies. So that's how you know God exists. Look for truth. You want to know how the devil exists? Look for lies. Very basic. Okay. God is the spirit of truth and he will give you truth and he will reveal truth to you. What's truth? Truth is reality, right? But it's a process. I've told you guys before, your life is supposed to marry the word of God. A lot of people struggle with that because they're still stuck underneath blame, shame, condemnation, and judgment, right? But once you get out from underneath those things, which I talk about in the devotional, another plug for the book, okay? Then you guys are gonna uh, start going through that process, okay? So I want you guys to figure that out today. Being in God's presence, what are his words, written word, and if you are a Christian who's been following the Lord a little bit longer, how have you made the decisions that you've made? Can you identify the thoughts in your head that God has put in you, right? And you live in his presence every day by living by those thoughts that he gave you, okay? Did you guys know, and what did Jesus say? Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part of me. What does that mean? Eating his flesh is consuming his words. Drinking his blood is receiving the forgiveness you need when you realize you ain't living by what he said, all right? So you guys, I better get off this podcast. I thank you guys for all your support. I hope you have an awesome rest of the week and I will talk to you guys next time.